Do you know the name Kimberly Benson? How about the Vixen of Violence? Megatron Barbie? Well, if you don't know those names, then hopefully you do know the name Piper Niven. And if you do, then you're far ahead of the Monday Night Raw commentary team who could not tell us who she was. I'm Ryan Joy, and I run MinutesToBellTime.com, website, database, tracking pro wrestling from around the world. On today's show, we're talking about Piper Niven. Who is she? And why was her debut so lackluster? Travis Evans is in the house. We have headlines in the last 24 hours. And this is the Daily Wrestling News Show for June 15, 2021, where we sort through all the bullshit in wrestling news to find you the truth. The big news story of the last 24 hours is that Piper Niven made her debut on Monday Night Raw. She made her debut without a name. She is the muscle for Eva Marie. And now we just wonder what will they call her on WWE programming going forward. Wait a minute. I thought she was Eva Marie because Eva Marie was debuting. Maybe that's her name. Maybe she's Eva Marie and we don't know who the scal is on the outside of the ring. That's part of the evolution is a real mystery. It's so much of a mystery. We actually have another girl that's using her name to wrestle in the ring because that's the debut that we were promised. So this is like a four part mystery because first and Mm -hmm. foremost, we had advertised match with Eva Marie. And then we had somebody else who we don't think is Eva Marie in the match, but her name was announced as Eva Marie as the winner. And the rock on the team acts like they've never seen this person. It's who's the third person in the ring. Really? Naomi. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, I don't know. Joking aside though, Piper Niven, is the person who made her debut last night. Yeah. She is very credentialed wrestler. She's been on the UK brand for two years. She had three title matches in the last three months of 2020 against Kaylee Ray. She came up short on all of them. But like I mentioned, super credentialed. She began training when she was 16 years old, had her pro debut in 18. She is the first Scottish person to wrestle in Cork and Hall. BBC Scotland did a documentary on her called fight like a girl. She is well credentialed, well known. Sorry, Corey Graves. I looked to see if you had her on after the bell so I could call you on that, but I don't think you got there yet. So, Yeah. And the thing is she's got a unique look. She's a bigger gal that gets around the ring. The first time that I ever saw her was Mae Young classic. And I forget if she lost in the first round or the second round, but I was like, no, Holy third. cow. Third she round. Three rounds. She was the lead. Three eight. She lost Tony storm. So power wrestler, I'm like, wow, they got something different here. The girl looks different. Bigger girl gets around really well and stuff. I'm like, man, this is this girl could really do something. And moved her to the UK brand. She did some different stuff in Japan. She had a match in Mexico once against Kaylee Ray, by the way. So <laughs> to have them come out last night is NXT UK not canon for WWE then? What do we have here? Ah, who is this person? I've never seen her before. And the the other thing is that Piper Niven was also on NXT Worlds Collide a yep. year ago. She's, it's not like she's been hidden. It's hard to swallow that. Who is this mystery woman? Who is this muscle for Eva Marie? Probably. I guess if you're somebody that only watches Raw and SmackDown, you have no exposure to her whatsoever. Yeah, it does. It does take branching out into the NXT brand or some of that other stuff to see who she is. But somebody I, I should have told the commentary team. 
They're the people who are telling us what's going on. They're the people who are, Bobby Heenan used to call himself a broadcast journalist. You're supposed to know the people that have been signed or whatever. You're supposed to do that research. Unlike the humorous part. Them. And what we were talking about pre-show is that they couldn't decide on what the new name was going to be. So they got her coming out to the ring as unknown. Yeah. There's probably reality in that. They couldn't decide what they were going to call her. I don't know why they didn't just call her Piper Niven and tell that story. It's yeah. not like it's a bad name in wrestling. It's not like she hasn't done anything. No, like you said, Piper Niven's fine. They could have done that. Even if they didn't know where they were going to go long-term, they could have said Piper Niven. And then next week they figure out what her name is. And she comes out and says, Piper Niven's dead. This sure. is me going forward. All yeah. that's possible. I don't have a problem with any of that. That would have been perfectly fine. But there's a modicum of respect that you should give to your talent to some degree on the name that they built. And, and to a large degree, you've helped build that name with your brand and the other shows that she was on and stuff. So to to do it like this is a mystery appearance that somebody showed up. I, I understood Ty Valkyrie coming over and being Frankie Monet. This is yep. her NXT character. She's going to be different and so on and so forth. Great. Complete repackage. This was not a complete repackage. It was obvious to anybody that's paid attention to her career in any way that this is who this person was. Chris Thrasher brings in here a comment. Lack of communication, lost the luster of a debut. And I say times two because everybody was all ready for Eva Marie. We've had months of Eva Marie is coming. Eva Marie is coming. When they announce a match, literally announce a match. If there's a graphic for it and everything on WWE.com, and Eva Marie does not wrestle. She walks to the ring. Piper Niven walks around her, gets in the ring. So they messed up Piper's debut. They messed up Eva Marie's debut because anybody that wanted to see Eva wrestle got annoyed, and anybody who has been watching Piper for years also annoyed. So two lackluster debuts there. And it is about communication or being respectful to not only your talent but to the fans. The bait and switch on the match is, I know it's a huge pet peeve of yours, I don't like it at all, unless there's some real massive story swerve for it. But it looked like Eva Marie was the valet. It looked like she was the manager. Is she Piper Niven's manager then? Is the reason why they decided to do that because they're concerned about Eva Marie's in-ring work, which was what we were concerned about when the announcement was she was coming back. Obviously, she's you know in great shape and stuff like that, but is she going to go in the ring? And then the other thing, too, that loosely in the background, like I was thinking about as I was watching that segment is, Okay, so we've got another batch of heels. So, like, I get it. Becky's going to come back at some time, and she's going to be probably super face and stuff like that. But, like, another heel debut talent thing, I know it's easier to tell the heel story than it is to tell the face story and stuff like that. But, okay, here we go. Like, she squashes Naomi, and they move on with that. I guess they didn't hit her with a chair or do anything like that, but she's certainly over as a face in the show. So... Well, it looks like to me, Eva Maria is going to be a heel and Piper Niven is going to be a face. It's going to be that kind of dynamic. That's what I'm seeing right now. But at the same time, there has been talk about Eva Marie and this debut, her coming out in a non-wrestling role. That has been out there rumored for a long time. So this could be exactly what we're looking at. This could be her as a manager for the foreseeable future, maybe a little bit in ring here and there. But I really hope that her promos are sharp and I hope there's a reason for that to be the case then give me something and one week does not make a career and does not make a character and does not make a story but i can't imagine that this is the best that writer's room came up for on how to handle this situation yeah and chris brings up another good point that why debut her on raw when the smackdown roster is so thin at least they have 
a couple of stories going on right now on Raw. They've got the Shayna Baszler, Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax stuff going on, and they've got the title picture. And they also have Nikki Cross that's built right. into that. On the SmackDown side of things, you've basically got Bailey and Bianca, and that's pretty much where the buck stops. Yep, that's so, true. So some help over on SmackDown would have been great too. Maybe their thought was Raw needs the help. So we'll bring in new talent and we'll have a debut there because it's important. It'll help pop that rating a little bit because people will tune in because they want to see the whatever the new flavor thing is. So I I think that's probably some of the logic to it. But yeah, I would agree. It is a longer show. I don't know, but I I think somewhere is in the next few months, we're probably going to have a draft or something to shake things up. I had heard... I had heard we're looking at August 30th and September 3rd on those was the loosest thing that I've heard lately. So that's actually not too far away. Yeah, it's the post-SummerSlam stuff. Yep. We'll see. We also have Sonya Deville running around and who knows what her future is in terms of wrestling. But the bottom line is Piper Niven is a credentialed wrestler for all the things that we've said. She wrestled in stardom, World of Sports, NXT UK. She is an advocate for body positivity. She's recovering from Bell's palsy. She has all these things that make her a very good story, a great character. Just take the real person and turn it up. Isn't that what you always tell us? Don't take the real person and wipe them clean and give us nothing. Yeah, you don't have to you don't have to repackage that. That's a fine story in and of itself. Lean into that a little bit and call it and go from there. I don't know. Just to have her come to the ring. If this was somebody completely off the street that had been buried in the performance center and we had never seen the light of day for him and you want to bring him out and you want to say who's this mystery person or whatever, like when almost showed up. Okay, cool. Have her come over. And if you're going to change the name, throw the name out there at least. Give her the name that, that she's going to be in the ring with and people can go, oh, that's the former Piper Nimmer. Same thing. Dabakato is a great example. Quite frankly, they could have done this with... Vanessa Bourne, who they just let go. They could have done this with Santana Garrett, who they just let go. They could have done it with Deanna Perrazzo, who they let go last year, because those people were not main characters on NXT anywhere, but Piper was. Yep. So, yep, absolutely. So, Megatron Barbie, Vixen of Violence, Piper the Viper. Piper, Piper the Viper, yep. All those things. That's who she is. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great move to bring her up. I believe. She is the only person to go from NXT UK to main roster. I think I'm right on that. I have to do some checking, but I can't think of anybody else. Chris bringing up a question here, and it is off topic, but let's dive into it here. Did we watch the Josh Alexander and TJP Ironman match? I did watch it. I did like it. And I would say that the closing sequences, I think, was the best. I love that counter that tjp did from an ankle lock into a pin i never seen anything like that that was great yeah very good match good quality wrestling two guys that were comfortable with each other in the ring that knew what they were doing and probably the guys with the most gas in the tank for a match like that on that roster for sure alexander's just an incredible talent who he is as a character outside of just his presentation and look we've seen characters like that over the years do really well your dean malenko's and stuff like that very similar kind of build to them and stuff not the most shiniest person that's coming to the ring and stuff like that but a good worker and we're going to get to see him in strong on friday so josh alexander is debuting against alex coughlin on new japan strong now coughlin is a la dojo guy so he is trained in the new japan style so he's going to work really well against josh alexander when they start suplexing each other and going from hold to hold 
I think that'll be great. Yeah, it'll probably be the main that night too. I haven't seen the rest of that card, but strong starting to fill out. So they're going through. This is they got Kojima and Kratos. Oh, Kojima and Kratos is going to be great too. Kratos yeah. is really good. Oh, and the second part of his question was, could it be one of the matches of the year? And it's definitely going to be one of the impact matches of the year. Uh, we'll have to keep our eyes peeled for the rest of the uh, promotions, but it's definitely one of the better matches that I've seen this year. Yeah, certainly on that brand, without a doubt. There's not a lot that you could really compare it to as far as level of quality with regard to the match. The Swan Omega match had some messy stuff in it. I think Moose Omega started slow. Deanna Peraza is the one to watch on that brand for a low-key sleeper match of the year person. Those matches with Jordan Grace last year were incredible. So Yeah, and I'm a Trey Miguel guy too, so give me some Trey Miguel. Yep. As much as I can see it. All right. We have a whole bunch more headlines to talk about in the second half of the show coming right up after this quick commercial break. Stick with us. Be right back. If you love the Daily Wrestling News show, then I want to tell you how you can support us. First, check out bodyslamclothes.com. You can get a variety of shirts for just $20, and all of them come in the super soft style, and the price you see includes all sizes and shipping. Get 10% off two or more shirts with the promo code SHIRTS10. Go to bodyslamclothes.com right now to check it out. And join Joey Jarzanka, Ian Schreier, and Rob DeLuca on Friday nights for the Primetime Rundown. They take you through the world of sports. The show kicks off at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And each Tuesday, Al Carl hosts the Essential Wrestling Podcast alongside John Smith, myself, John DeCani, and Gary Mahaffey. It's another week of updates and highlights in the world of wrestling. Here are our analysis on who we think is going to win the week's matches. Coverage begins at 6 p.m. on the Eastern Observer. And Pro Wrestling Pick'em. It's a place where you can join or host a Pick'em League to test your predictive skills in the world of pro wrestling. Create an account and join a league now at ProWrestlingPick'em.com so you can play against your friends or play against the universe. And the Body Slam Brigade newsletter, currently going out to over 4,200 people each Friday. It consolidates all the top stories in professional wrestling into a quick-to-read email written by me for you for free. Sign up now at BodySlamBrigade.com. And of course, this show, the Daily Wrestling News Show. We're here every day, Monday through Thursday, and occasionally on Friday. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or watch us live on Facebook and YouTube at 10 a.m. This is the Daily Wrestling News Show, and we thank you for your support. And headlines. Travis, yesterday's show was all about Roman Reigns, and John DeCani and I spent the first 10, 12 minutes of the show talking about who we think could possibly take down Roman Reigns in the future. Eventually it'll happen. Who could it possibly be? Just off the top of your head, real quick, who do you think? Hulk Hogan. Okay, probably not going to be Hulk Hogan. <laughs> no, I don't know. It feels like they're trying to wedge away, weasel away in and get either Cena or Rock in that picture. I, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, I don't see any of them winning the title, dropping the title. Honestly, who do I think is going to take the belt from him? It's probably going to be Seth Rollins. That would be my thought. I think he's the only one in there that, that has a history and is credentialed enough to be able to carry that spot. I think we're a ways away from that. I think we're going to see a big blow off at SummerSlam and things like that. But he's the only person on that roster right now that I'm looking at that I could say realistically could do it. If you're going to do the feel-good thing, maybe Cesaro, but... It's probably Seth Rollins. I put that question out in the Body Slam Brigade Facebook group, and I had a lot of answers. Seth Rollins was among the answers. I think the big thing I'm looking for is they can make somebody with this. 
Rollins is a made man. Cena's a made man. All those guys are made. They don't need that. When it comes time to beat Roman Reigns, and this is not now and it's not six months from now, it's going to be out there, they could make somebody. So whether it's Keith Lee or it's Cesaro after a year of solid booking. So the other name that I would throw out there too would be Big E. Big E was the other name. That's actually the primary name that John brought up. But you brought up Super Cena. And John Cena talked to Chris Van Vliet recently, and he said that it is not a matter of if he'll return, but a matter of when he'll return. And we have all the rumors about SummerSlam and still nothing confirmed there, but the news here is that John Cena says he will return. I'm not surprised. I don't think his run at Hollywood has had the same kind of impact that Dwayne Johnson has had. And it certainly hasn't had the kudos and the big blockbuster effect that Rock had. And I think part of the reason is the Rock has a better personality. He's more likable. John's a little robotic. And for as fun as Mark Wahlberg's stuff has been and the stuff he's doing in Suicide Squad and stuff like that, I just don't find him as compelling of an actor. And maybe it's some of the spots and stuff. But you earn those spots in Hollywood. And Hollywood's a grind. And I think he thought he was going to make that transition. And it was going to be easy. And he talked to... about that in the interview, actually, with Chris Van Vliet. It's been 15 years ago, I think this week, since he had his first movie, The Marine. And John said he took a whole bunch of bad roles early, and it really made him suffer in his acting career. And it's just now starting to turn around. So he'll make a return to WWE, but it's not going to be a full-time run or anything. He'll make right. a spot here, a spot there type of thing. Well, he certainly doesn't need the money. No. We have some WWE Performance Center news. We have names that are confirmed to have been spotted at the Performance Center. Of course, Samoa Joe, and we'll get to him in a second. But Selena De La Renta at the PC, Fightful reports that WWE has had interest in her for quite some time. So whether she'll be signed on as a manager or as a talent or whether this was just an interview, we'll see what happens. But Selena De La Renta spotted at the PC. Samoa Joe confirmed NXT hire. So good for him. Great hire. Smart move by Hunter. Brilliant. Yeah, and apparently this happened immediately. As soon as the word came out that Samoa Joe was released, Hunter jumped on this to bring him back into the full into the NXT brand. So Samoa Joe is not a guy, if you're playing risk as the board game, Samoa Joe is not the guy that you want to give to AEW because of his relationship with so many guys that could do some really great storytelling. And he's that generation past the WCW stars and the former WWE stars that you see them in there. He's the next generation. He's a really good pivot to CM Punk and he's a great pivot to AJ Styles, whose career, whose contract is on the other side right now. So smart move by Hunter to hold, even if they're just going to hold him and make him happy and feed him ice cream. Brilliant. And make matches, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ring of Honor, best in the world. We add a third match to the card. We now have EC3 versus Blip Gordon that joins the Brody King and Jay Lethal match along with the Josh Woods and Silas Young last man standing match. So we have three love, matches. Love both of those guys. EC3 is, is an amazing talent. I wish he had a little bit more personality to him. And Flip Gordon is phenomenal. I don't know why Flip hasn't landed in anywhere else because he's really good. He's just been an ROH guy for a long time and not seen him in Impact or AEW or, or even MLW is, is odd. You get him floating over to New Japan once in a while, which is where Fred Rosser just signed his official deal. He was on last weekend's NWA 
show and he's been around in some different spots so it's good to see him he's going to be part of the strong brand i assume and who knows he's somebody that they could throw into maybe not a g1 or anything like that but he could go over there and wrestle a couple of matches and stuff so yeah they have a lot of talent that they've signed or they have working strong and it will be interesting when the world opens up to see how much those talents go back and forth yeah the thing that they don't have on strong right now is they don't have the must watch guy They've right. got a whole bunch of guys that if I was going to build an efficiency roster from talent to cost, it's the best quality roster that you have, but you don't have that real breakout star and they haven't been able to really create one from there. They're leaning on Kirk Connors a little bit for that sort of role and Alex Coughlin, like we mentioned earlier and stuff. And when Moxley or Kenta or somebody like that shows up, it's always interesting, but they don't, they really haven't given us what the story is going to be there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris Thrasher, another comment about Samoa Joe heading to ROH to wrestle Gresham, EC3, Flip Gordon. All great matches. Jay Lethal, add him in there. There's plenty of great matches that Samoa Joe could have had at Ring of Honor if he went there, for sure. Including, I would have loved to see Daniel Bryan Samoa Joe match there, under that banner. That would have been great, too. Sure. PW Insider is reporting that the current belief is that WWE will run Saudi Arabia by the end of the year most likely in the fall. So, not, my, not my favorite show of the year. <laughs> They're basically a house show they put on television. Yeah. And Chris bringing up the New Japan Strong, Chris Dickinson and other people, appearances like Brody King. Yeah, those are big names. It, They're not it's, the name, though, right? They're not building a promotion around them. Nobody outside of people that watch New Japan and the promotions that they watch are tuning in to watch Chris Dickinson and Brody King and Jared Kratos and stuff like that because they're a big attraction. They're very good. Great they're wrestlers. Solid, Reigns, solid right? matches. Correct. They're not. You're not putting John Moxley there. You're not putting Okada there. You're not putting Shingo there or anything like that or even Marty Skrull. Like, right. Those are things that bring eyeballs in, and you ask the average person who Chris Dickinson is or Brody King is, and they don't really know. Not yet. I I would argue they will in time. Chris is all over the place, too. He's got a bunch of matches coming up, and he does all the GCW stuff, and he travels a lot. Good dude. He's another guy who's been around for a little while. We'll see. Great match with Joey Janela that we got to watch in Florida. Yes. We have a fifth match added to Hell in a Cell this weekend. It is Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. So we have now we have Drew versus Bobby in the cell. We have Ray versus Roman in the cell. We have Bailey versus Bianca. We have Charlotte versus Rhea. And we have this match, the fifth match, Alexa Bliss versus Shayna Baszler. The only only non-title match they have on the card. So apologies if I missed it. Did was there some part of the show, like I saw Alexa versus Nia, was there some part of the show where they referenced Shayna and the doll or any of that kind of stuff to build into this match? Or was it just, we're going to have Shayna versus Alexa now? Was Shayna on the show at all? Shayna was not on the show. Nia did meet with Alexa in the beginning part of the show and mentioned that she was going to be wrestling Shayna at Hell in a Cell. So okay. there wasn't a direct follow-up. But Chris has not brought up another question. Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. So Travis, you're the person I should talk to about this. The rest of the hosts aren't going to know much about this. So Matt Cardona 
I think it's a weird life choice for Matt Cardona, to be honest. I think it is an interesting pool for him to decide to swim in. And we had talked about it briefly. I don't even know if we went over on the show or if we were talking about it in the pre-show. Matt Cardona, his entire life, is Zach Ryder has been a pretty boy kind of thing. And Nick Gage is a slaughterhouse guy. And he's on top of the world. I think it's a really smart position for Matt Cardona to put himself in based on the dark side of the ring and the, the pop that Nick Gage is getting. And obviously Moxley's in between it. And I think they're telling a really interesting story. There's an amount of me that says maybe did he get in conversations with Moxley and Gage about Moxley's got the kid coming and different things like that so that they need something to pivot before we actually see that payoff in the Moxley match I thought his appearance was great he's certainly an awesome anti-hero where they love the bad guy for that program and they bring out this pretty lily white happy dude and everybody's fingers are up and that crowd is hot and goes at him I don't know. I, as a human, I'm not hopping in the ring with Nick Gage, regardless of what I think the payoff is going to be or whatever. So who knows? Maybe it's one of those things where people have these dreams of skydiving once in their life and they think it's going to be great. And maybe that's what Matt Cardona wants. Do I see him go in death match? No, I don't see that happening. And I don't think Chelsea Green would be a huge fan of that either. I don't know that Nick Gage does any other match, though. Matt Cardona, if he gets in the ring with Nick Gage, which he is, it's going to be at homecoming in Atlantic City. He's yep. going to take a pizza cutter to the face and to the mouth, and he's probably going to be drinking liquids for a week after the match until he heals yeah. up. I, I don't know. <laughs> All right, so on NXT tonight, we have two matches, then we have the what's up with William Regal topic. But Kushida has an open challenge, and we've got Champa and Thatcher versus GYV in a tornado tag. So that's what's on the docket there. On power, we have a national title qualifying match, JTG versus El Rudo versus Fred Rosser. Murdoch is going to speak out about the atrocity that happened at the last pay-per-view. And then you have Molina versus Genocide versus Kenzie Page on the undercard there. So that's your power lineup. And it's Wardlow week in AEW. He had a match on Elevation last night. He has a match on Dark tonight. And he's got a MMA cage match against Jake Hager on Friday. Prior to this week, Wardlow had one singles match this year. <laughs> yeah, and like, I don't know what they're going to do in this cage match because Wardlow's beaten Hager like every time they've stepped yes. in the ring together. So like, you're going to Hager build, can't lose this match. I don't think so. It's an MMA cage match. Like MMA is his thing. So you're going to give Wardlow. Hager you're going to give Wardlow these two wins on Dark in Dark 2.0 and have Hager losing the cage after he's an MMA fighter. Like it's just, it's literally Hager's it's only thing. Yeah, it's yes. his he can't lose. <laughs> If, so I, I, there's probably going to be some shenanigans. Like yeah. maybe there's some pull, but not that AEW does not, unlike some other places, go to uh, the DQ finish or the countout finish. That's not part of their repertoire. Like 40% of the matches last night. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, 40%. We had two disqualifications, two countout, and then six pinfall submission on Raw last night. So Wardlow versus Hager. That's so dynamite this week. We have the Wardlow versus Hager MMA cage match. We have Andrade sitting down with JR. Is this going to be the Mick Foley interview from the 90s with Andrade? Is this going to be the tell-all story? We're going to find out Andrade was also doing moonsaults off of houses and stuff. Could be. <laughs> we have a six-man tag. Penta, Kingston, Kazarian versus Matt Jackson and the Good Brothers. Orange Cassidy versus Cesar Bononi. Darby Allen versus Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page in a handicap match. And then we have the Cody Rhodes and Brock Anderson versus Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. So. Yeah, it looks like a garbage Friday show. I can't wait until they get past these again and we're on to the real thing. Like, 
It, I'm sure that's going to be fine wrestling. There's going to be some storytelling, but it is not. AEW Wednesdays is very different than AEW Fridays, and it, it's been bad, and I don't see a lot of bright in this, but I certainly would tune in and watch. I will watch. I will be one of the 470,000 people that have been watching recently. But, yeah, AEW Friday is not working for me. No, not at all. It's late, and it's not been exciting to watch. Yep, yep. All right, Travis, anything else in the world of wrestling that we need to touch on before we get out of here? I don't think there's anything like uh, the New Japan stuff's been a little bit quiet. Hell in a Cell, hopefully we get this thing fleshed out a little bit. I think it'll be out already. Five-match card. You think that's it? They're not going to yeah. do anything? Well, there'll be a pre-show or whatever. The but... Cell matches will be about a half hour. I don't know. Like there's a there's an amount of me from if I wanted to take something positive away from Raw last night, I, I think it's probably the interaction with MVP and Kofi is the most interesting thing yeah. that I'm seeing going on right now, and it's something that I had wanted either the New Day going over to the Hurt business or Kofi coming to the Hurt business and feuding with Xavier Woods and stuff. I think if they do a slow build for that, I think that would be interesting. Let's get another person over. Sure, looks business. like Xavier Woods is not invited. No, he didn't. Want, he like I enjoyed how the segment went, and MVP kept turning his back, kind of more into him. Like the camera work was pretty good, so like they were pushing him into the side and stuff. Yeah, he wasn't. It was like no, the adults are talking kind of thing. So that was done really well. So if I wanted to pull a positive out of Raw, I think that would be. And obviously, I'm enjoying Riddle Orton as well. But like they went in and crushed on the New Day again. So I, I just I don't know where you go from there. And. I don't know. The rest of it's a mess for me. Uh, quick pick. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley, because I think we're going to see Bobby Brock at SummerSlam. Drew go to SmackDown with the draft? I think so. Yeah, I think they need Drew McIntyre on Fox to, to get those numbers up, and I think you got to put him on Fox if you keep Roman there, which I'm assuming they will. There's a way to get the title off of Roman. And perhaps Kofi Kingston ends up being a holdover until they have another face guy to, to fight him. Yeah, they could mix up that. They could mix up the like. They could bring Kevin Owens back to Raw, and there's a couple of other people from that roster that they could bring over there to to reinvigorate it a little bit and stuff. But yeah, I could see Drew definitely going to SmackDown. He needs to be in front of the Fox viewers, and he's not. Yep. That's our show for today. For Travis, I am Ryan, and we will see you tomorrow. <laughs>